Good evening. So I'm going to start with an email train that I got today. Now, actually, today, you know, it was a, a little bit of a busy shidduch day. They had a call from somebody about a seed boy who was here. They wanted as a reference, or as a reference for, but for a local person. And this was a back and forth, though, for a different person from a little bit earlier this week, which culminated today. An older gentleman an older gentleman uh, who doesn't live in San, not live in San Jose, but who's close to me, and was updating me about his life. So uh, he was asking me some halakhic shahs. Then he emails me, I've been talking with the woman who's, who so-and-so suggested for a shidduch. So I had, was answering his questions. I said, yay, it takes only one, because previously this person had told me he never has dates. Never, ever, ever. Fine. So, then he emails me back, thanks, but it takes the right one. This is uh, last Thursday. And I emailed him back, concur with a little smiley. Fine. <laughs> I'm giving you all the details over here. Uh, then I get an email, Tuesday, September 1st. Sound familiar? Yesterday. So he says, we made a date. She stood me up. Claimed she was moving to a different apartment and had no time. No good. So I emailed back a song from everyone, anyone ever heard of the Eighth Day? Yes. The group Eighth Day? Yes. It's like a popular group, Jewish group right now. So they, they have a, a, a song. They ran for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, Rabbi Yossi Marcus. Right. Rabbi Yossi Marcus from, uh, from uh, San Mateo, right. Chabad San Mateo, it's his brothers. Huh. And they're actually... And there are many of them. And they're actually... You can, you can probably hear it because I have it over here. They're actually one of the most popular bands. So the, the song is called Gamzu. So Gamzu Tova. This, this is actually a song, so I just clicked it. Fine. So it has, it's a very popular song, Gamzu Tova. So he puts a question mark. So I email him back. Um, uh, Gamzu, and I give him a, 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 a whole quotation thing about Gamzu Tova, and I said, of course, it is disappointing. So then instead of Gamzu Tova, he emails me back. I would rather say, all is lost. That's how he emails. Quite the same sentence. <laughs> I'm saying Gams Latova. He emails me back. All is lost. So then I emailed him back. Um, a, a quote by Thomas Edison: "Many of life's failures are people who, who don't realize how close they were to success when they gave up." Because right, he's telling me all is lost. So then he emails me: "I cannot be close to success by any stretch of the imagination." Since so-and-so, I've never had a date in, you know, very negative, you know. Um, then, I was talking to someone today about the Syrian deal. And basically, they were telling me the same thing. All is lost. And I said, no, you never know. In one second, everything can change. Or, you know, it could be that someone sort of changed their mind until it's a, a done deal. Things could change. All is not lost. Still, you still, it's a bad deal. We should fight uh, against it. So, and, and I was, you know, talking, you know, in one second Hashem can change your thing. Everything's for the best. Then, I had my own situation. With something, it was like a few negative things happened. And then I was like, oh, this is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Like, you know, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I tried and I was working on this. And it's really not fair. And it's really terrible. And I'm, you know, thinking all negative. So, I started talking to my wife and she's like, you know, 
yeah, but Hashem could help, and any minute things could get better, and everything. I'm like, wait a second, that's not telling everyone else. <laughs> so what's my point over here? It's here's the point. Bitachon, it's you know, it's a certain reality. Even when you intellectually know something, to make it real, can be difficult, right? You can know something is for your best, but to feel that is much harder. And actually, what I told this gentleman is very true: is that if you don't bite into the talchan and you give up, then you for sure guaranteed success. Right? I think it was uh, a bas- guaranteed failure. No? Well, you got say success. Yes. I'm thinking success, but guaranteed failure. Right? I think it was a, 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 a football player, Michael Jordan. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. So Michael Basketball? Jordan. Do you, you throw the ball in the hoop, football, right? So, uh, so he once said that you, you don't win if you don't take the shot. Right? You cannot win if you don't take a shot. The, the one thing that you're guaranteed to lose if you don't try to shoot the ball in, you're for sure going to lose. And Mitochan really is such an important thing, and it's the only way we can be the success, successful people we could and should be in this world. But to get from here to here is very difficult. Because you can know it and still lose focus, especially when there's negative things, especially when there are difficulties. Right? I was telling you my own day, I'm telling you other people things, and that's what I said I believe 100%, I knew it for myself, but still when it happens to you, it's very easy to lose track of Bitochan, and that really Hashem loves us, the seven things we Hashem cares about, Hashem is there to help us, everything we get is for our best, and on all of those levels, and to make good decisions based on that, you know, it takes a lot of mental clarity and work on it. So that's why this class is important not only to listen, but to uh, review. I actually got an email from somebody today about my history classes. They're reviewing and reviewing it. And I was thinking to myself, well, my history classes are great, uh, but they're facts. You know, if you, if you know you know, about the three wars against the Roman, what years they are or not, it's not going to affect your life. Actually, maybe it will mildly affect your life. You'll have a bigger scheme of, of Judaism and perspective. And so I believe in history. That's why I speak on my first history class. But the reviewing, if you have the general thing, you can always look back on it. Be tough on something that needs to constantly be worked on. Really, the tzaddikim, the righteous people, are always working on faith in Hashem. Right? Living in Muna. And that's the way a person's happy. We have to make smart decisions intelligent decisions. We also have to make decisions with bitachon, which means, as we discussed, doing proper hishtalas, proper due diligence, proper efforts, intelligent efforts, and after that, having faith in Hashem and believing when we're dealt a deck of cards that Hashem is giving us what we need, and Hashem will help us if we help ourselves. Right? And again, not always what we want, but always what's best for us. Okay? This is why we remind ourselves this is very important. Um, okay. So, we actually were talking about money and a relationship with money and with work. It says, Some types of people, they work hard, try to get a lot of money. Why? They want people to say, look at that car. Look, look at that. Look at that Porsche, Ferrari. Look at, look at that uh, brand new Tesla. Right? 
look at that house, look at those diamonds, look at those rings. Right? And they work and they focus on that. They should be known for that. They They're not satisfied unless they achieve and accomplish them. Um, um, and this, and this um, causes them to lose true honor in this world and the next world. They see how people, you get on the magazines, and your name is in papers, and people talk about you, and the people who actually give up so much for this, and they honor them. But they'll be thinking, a person be satisfied to do a lot means we're in this world, right? We're in a temporary world, we're in a finite world. And of course, having a living is important. You pay your bills, I can sleep well at night if you have a, a certain amount. We all need certain amount of comforts. Everyone's, everyone's different how much they need, right? But it's not the focus. It's not, you know, at the end of the day, I say this by every funeral that's secular, actually, any time I'm a second person, that at the grave, nobody talks about what car you drove. <laughs> nobody cares. Because the, the grave is the moment of truth. Right? Nobody's going to say how many jewelry you had, right? how many shaitals you had, what kind of car you drove. Nobody's going to care about how fancy your gowns were. Right? They're going to say, well, you could mother... You're a good wife. Did you daven? Were you chesed? Were you charitable? Enak? Hey, were you were, were you a caring person? These are the things that people are going to remember. Uh, 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 what, what Hashem will care about uh, as well. Um, if they realize that we do our due diligence, and whether we get more or less up to Hashem. And even honor comes from Hashem. Because they want honor and covered, very often they give up for their lives. Now remember when I was in Philadelphia, so in Philadelphia, I was in actually in an interesting situation. So I was in law school, in an Ivy League law school. I was teaching for, at one point, for Asia Torah. I, at one point, I was actually running this club with Jewish students as well. And I was actually, to be honest, that was my, I looked at as law school as my side job when I was in Philadelphia. I was learning the Kirill, I was learning the Yeshiva. And I also went to law school. So, but the interesting thing is you would meet these girls. Of course, today, the law school has to be at least 50-50. God forbid there should be one more boy than girl in that law school. It would be misogynist. Right? It has to be at least... They put, when they do that, the, it's unbelievable. Like they have about 270 kids. It's 135 to 135. Make, forget the LSATs. They have to be exactly 50-50. So I would speak to these girls in my class. You know... I was I was a spiritual terrorist. Even today I'm a spiritual terrorist. But then I was really I was a classmate. I wasn't a rabbi, so I could really like be a spiritual terrorist. Like I had this Jewish club. I had lots of students. I've spoken about that before. 
Well, I would bug them. I'd say to them, like, so, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? I'd say, of course I want to get married. I want to have kids. Like, so when do you plan to do that? Now, these girls, average age in law school, 26, 27, they were going through law school, they're going to work, and most of them, more than 50% of my class, went, this is in, they gra- the year I graduated, 2007, was one of the best years ever. The next year, by the way, a year later, crashed completely. Right, it was 2008, crashed completely. Uh, um, but it was eight people got were getting jobs quarter million dollar a year. But it was nine to five jobs, nine a.m. to five a.m. They were insane jobs. No, they slept under their desk. They slept under their desk. They, they, yeah, they, those you work in a New York law firm. That's what, yeah. well, you don't so you don't see light. Right. You, ne- you don't know what sun is. Right. You live there. So I would speak to this girl like. You know, well, when do you plan to do this? Oh, eventually I want to make partner, blah, blah, blah. And I still remember one girl got engaged. She was telling me she's so excited. She's going to get married. I said, you're going to have kids? No, I'm going to get dogs. I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, that's the girl's getting married. Most of these girls were older. They were, they were so singularly focused on their careers. Now, why were they focused on their careers? Because they were told since they're little kids in their liberal circles that you know what a successful lady is? person who has a career, they have the Rebbitzin, Betty Friedan, and all of her Torahs, that if you want to be a successful woman, you have to have a good job, you have to wear pants like a man, and you have to have a name and a title, right? and then you are successful. And if you are a woman who is married with kids, you've sacrificed your life for your husband. You've given up so much. Why the husband should have the kids? figure that out, right? You know, we should have equal time. The, you you should not sacrifice your career for these men and these children. And that's what they're taught. You know what successful is. Hillary Clinton, why? Well, I don't know, but she's successful. Uh, the attorneys, the ones who make it are doctors, the venture capitalists, the journalists for the New York Times, even though they're idiotic, right? But they're successful. And they're told this, and this is what pounds to their head. You know, so they, they, they well, in, the, in their priority scale, a lot of them actually want to get married at some point. They actually, that, they, you know, they want a deep relationship. Girls want that more than the boys. But it, 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 their, their career, they're not a person. They don't view themselves as a full person otherwise. They're, they are lacking if they're not that. And children, I mean, they, when are they going to find children? So at the same time, I would teach for Aisha Torah. Now this was remarkable. You would have these ladies. Now, Aisha Torah in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is, you know, it's sandwiched between Baltimore and New York, New Jersey. You know, New York, New Jersey, orthodoxy is dominant. It's the dominant denomination. And Baltimore is on, well on the way there. I mean, you're talking the numbers, the, the power of the communities. You know, 70% of children in New York City are Orthodox. Okay, just to give you a... Of the 1.7 million people, 70% of the children are, are Orthodox. I, you know, when you talk about who can pull the votes in the, the mayor race, it's the Orthodox. And they have a huge disproportionate uh, effect of that. They vote in blocks. They have, you know, usually... Philadelphia's not like that. Philadelphia's like the city in between. It was always a conservative city. But you have hundreds of families, hundreds who over the past 20, 25 years became 
from conservative to orthodox. The communities had a large percent of Bali Tshuva, not unaffiliated Jews, Jews who used to be conservative Jews, who became orthodox. You go on Bala Kinwood, in Marion, in Winfield, in Winwood, Northeast Less, but in those areas, in, um, what's that neighborhood called? Another neighborhood filled with these people, so, all over the main line. So I would teach Fesha Torah, and a lot, most of the clientele was these 30s and 40 year old people. They were living downtown Philadelphia, largely, or on the main line. And they would come, and then you know what happens? They would come and, and start eating by families on Shabbos and experiencing Shabbos. So it's always remarkable. You meet these 37 year old, 38 year old, 39 year old, 40 year old single Jewish ladies, traditional at some level. And they would be involved in hedge funds, or in law, or in CPA, or in business. They would come, you know, successful, bedecked, you know, fancy ladies. And they would come to Shabbos, and they would see families, husbands and wives, little kids running around. And all of a sudden, it would like dawn on them. It would hit them like a ton of bricks that this is what they want. And what was crazy is, biologically, they're racing against the clock. So some of these ladies, when they start becoming observant, they're, like, they're running to get married. <laughs> they're running to have children because it's going to be too late soon. Because they were in a little bubble that told them, this is how you're successful. Where is that bubble coming? It's messaging to them, the way you'll be successful is if you're a partner in a law firm. Then you've made it. Right? Then you've made it. And you get this idea of false honor and you sell yourself. You sell yourself. You sell who you could be in this world. And, and how many girls... How many, I, say, I give the same story with boys, by the way. Happens this is the ladies' class, so I picked the woman. But I can tell the same thing to the guys. The guys are the same way. Right? They, 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 how many men do you meet that are in the office and never see their children? Or never have children? Or give up their physical health? For what? Because they want to drive the Jaguar. They want to be play golf. They want to. They want to be. You know, they want their name on the on the wall of the universities that so Mr. So and So gave a lot of money. And how many people sacrifice who they are, what they are, their families for this illusion of honor? You know, I remember when I was in uh, Penn, you people would look at the wall like esteemed alumni, like. Oh, he's a partner in this firm. This is, you know, you ever go to, in, if you've ever been to like these Chamber of Commerce meetings, like, you know, you've all these people there, like, you know, let me tell you how a law firm works. I'll pick on the men now. This is how a law firm works. Okay, you get to the law firm, if you're in a top firm, so there's billable hours. You know what's billable hours? Is how many hours you bill. So, for sure, in a top law firm, billable hours, your zikr, you know what zikr is? Mrs. Stolen. She wants to be at home. Your grandparents spoke Yiddish at home, right? You didn't know them, okay? So, for sure, in a law firm, for sure, you're you're making them proud, though. Uh, for sure, in a law firm, for sure, in a law firm, sixty hours a week, posh it. That's 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 nothing. So that's like a starting point. Sixty hour, sixty hours means there, not traveling there. Uh, which if you're right, and when you're in New York, you have to remember that for most people, there's at least two hours of commuting. So you have sixty. But what would be? How do you? So how do you define yourself? 
so who who gets the most hours, and, and who who gets into the, the company paper as having more cases, and who wins these cases, and you have all kinds of all kinds of fake honor, literally fake honor. Like you know, my daughter was when we went to Washington D.C. We had this; she was putting in trip advisors, you know, her reviews on the on the places they went to. I saw like they, they give her stars. Like this, this like you you get three stars for your review. Like it means nothing. You get four stars for your review. And so in this law firm, you have to think, oh, Bill, he billed a hundred hours last week. You know, Charles, Charles is representing a great company called Yagel, right, right, and so and so, he's representing Face You. Right? And that's how they talk. Meanwhile, their marriages, nothing to be proud of. You think they're kids? So how does this happen? How does this, how does this occur? Because there's they live in a world of fake honor and that and they and they and they get and they get bought bought into it under under those under those terms. So, the, these people end up sell, selling themselves short in life. For the ladies that are having women and kids, for other people, right? they don't. They give up so much for what? For how they view other people will view them, and they work hours they don't need to. They do jobs they shouldn't be doing, and they figure out what's really. Valuable and what's really important in life. I'm not even talking about davening in a minion for the men, learning shas, tehillim, seeing your parents, keep it up the aim, taking care of people, right, spending time with the children, community. None of this. Can I tell you a quick, short story that's a positive of that same thing? You're allowed to, yeah. There was someone who came into Abba, Kippa, Tzitzit, whatever, and with obviously family, clearly not Jewish. And when he came up to pay, I said, thank you very much for bringing your family here with you. He said, well, I'm really very pleased, you know, that they agreed to come, blah, blah, blah. So I was clearing the table. I found a lens from a pair of glasses. So I put it on the side. The next day, someone who was in that party came in to the restaurant with his glasses missing the lens. And it was the grandfather of this young man. And he said, yeah, he said, my grandson is Jewish, he said, but I'm not. He said, because his mother is Jewish and she married my son. He said he had a great job, he was working in a bank, he was making six figures, he was on this you know, great career path. All of a sudden he decided, what is life really all about? So he quit his job and he went to Israel and he was in Yeshiva for a year. And he was going back for a second year. And this is the non-Jewish grandfather. And he said to me, isn't that wonderful? That that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's great. Right, I thought that he was so proud that's of his grandson yeah. that this is what he was doing um, and what he gave up, which is the traditional definition of what of what of what society tells you right. is success. Said, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that terrific that he's doing that? Right. So, and when a person is cognizant, um, that they comes to Hashem. And then they can also deal with it. Of course, it's good to make a career. Nothing wrong with making a living. It's a good thing. You're empowered to help people, to take care of your family. But 
your priority scale. What I was pointing out is for these girls in law school, it was partner, husband, sometime, maybe if it fits in the schedule, a dog, two dogs, exercise, children. And often the husband comes lower down because exercise and dog come first. Right. So it's, it's misplaced priorities, and that those who are they getting? It's, their, it's the media's, you know, showing what a successful woman looks like, you know, or what a, what a, what a person is like. And the same thing with the men. Right. Some people get it, or they get it through a Yerusha, through a will. The Achshav, they get it through a will, or they went to a great university like University of Pennsylvania. Right, a top university, or even a secondary one like Stanford, or Yale, or Harvard. Right, next tier down. Um, right, so it says, "Yes, I can't make jokes with you here." You, you know, you, yeah, you, you know, know, Rabbi Feldman is a graduate of Yale. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be sure to tell him. So you think, now you imagine, you know why I make it so much money? Because my granddad's last name was Rothschild. Or because, I, you know why I have this money? Not because of Hashem. Because I went to Oxford. Or I went to Dartmouth. Right? So a person starts thinking, you know why I have this? It's only because I did this. Only because I went to MIT. Only because I worked in, at this firm for this amount of years. You thank Penn, you thank Daddy Warbucks, you thank so and so, and you forget about Hashem. How, how is this person like a person in a desert? He's really, really thirsty. He sees water. Not great water in a pit. The Samach Baham is really happy. When he goes a little bit further, he finds sweet water. And he's upset that Why didn't I wait for this morning? Had he not got from this, if I'm supposed to make the money, I'll make it in a different way. Now, it doesn't mean if you sit back and do nothing. Right? It doesn't mean if you don't do anything. It means it, 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 and it doesn't mean you don't owe a thank you to the person who gives it, gives it to you. Right? But it does mean that everything Hashem gives everyone everything. You don't get anything but for Hashem. Right? Um, so what should a person do when they're tight, right? When they're not making parnasa, this is important, right? Either for you, hopefully everyone makes parnasa, or if you know somebody. So what should a person think when life is not going so cheery, when it's tight and it's difficult, and the the business is just not there? Um, God who brought me out to this world. And it's a point in time. He didn't bring me out before. He didn't bring me out afterwards. Who? 
God is God knows what's best for me. <laughs> I'm here always. Right? And when you have, even if it comes God who gave me a mother who nursed me. I'm still here. I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60. I'll, I will, just like I've made it before, I will make it now. Right? God, again, and Hashem will help me. If we're doing the right Hashtalis, we're in the right field, we're in the right situation, Hashem will help us. If we're doing what's incorrect, okay. Right, if we give up, like this, you know, if we give up, then certainly we won't be successful. The Yeniskra said, not only will a person not give up and be successful, but a person will be rewarded for his, his or her faith in Hashem. Kamosh Amur Rabbaseinu on the generation in the desert. Mrs. Mrs. Stolen, were they in the desert? Do they have Amba in the desert? Jerusalem Grill. What do they have? Do they have what's? The Russian borscht? That for sure they didn't have. Uh, right? Uh, they had mana. But where did they have mana? It didn't come in the fridge. They didn't have pars there. You just go up to pars mana and get fresh mana or whatever you wanted. And pay. Yeah. came one day at a time. You only live, can you imagine millions of people? He said that New York City, if they didn't have food transports in one week, we'd go into famine. Right? You have millions of people. In one week, if there's not food coming into New York City, it goes into famine. Okay? So they, they had three million people in the desert, and they only had at one time that day's food. Can you imagine that? When you think about that, they had one day's food with millions of people in the desert. So if the man doesn't come tomorrow, what happens to you? You start starving. You start having hunger. Massive famine. There's no food around. You're in a desert. Uh, uh, and, it's, and they were, and they didn't complain. So Hashem told Yirmiyah says that he remembers the chesed of people that they were midbar. They followed me into the desert. However, let's say a person gets parnasa. So you now, a person's doing well. You're getting parnasa. You have a relative, or you got a relative you're giving you money. Right? Your good old Aunt Gladys. Everyone has an Aunt Gladys. Right? Aunt Tilly. Right? Uncle Sonny. Yes. Every Tilly's married to a Sonny. Right? Or a Stewart. Or Sam. So, or you got it will, or right now you have a great job, you're doing well, life is good, you're making millions of dollars in the stock market, you're working for um, Morgan Stanley, life is good. A person shouldn't say, it's not true that God chose that I should meet this person. End up with this job. Who gave you Aunt Tilly? Or Uncle Sam? Hashem put you into this family. God put you. You only have Uncle Sam because God put you into this family at this time. God will put me into this situation, this family, in this 
time period. How come I graduated law school in 2007, life was fertile and good, and the people who started a year plus later were in the, they're in the desert. There's no more jobs. Right? Life was good just a year before. Right? That person who went uh, for that tour around the world, or maybe even to Israel, right? Once yeshiva doesn't mean it's guaranteed that the stock market or the law, legal market or the high tech market it's guaranteed, right? God, oh, I graduated now. Life is good today. So Hashem do, does it. Psalms will see what perfectly low. It says So a person should still thank Hashem, which means even if you're a beneficiary of somebody's kindness, it doesn't mean you shouldn't thank them. It doesn't mean you should be cognizant, but a person always has to remember every bracha, every ounce of blessing that they have in their lives is only from Hashem. Right? And they don't lose focus about Uncle Tilly or Uncle... S- oh, Aunt Tilly or Uncle Sonny right? or Uncle Sam. You think Uncle Sam, you think like Uncle Sam, like we want you, the army, Uncle Sam? Governments. That, that's the minute in Brooklyn, you know. Uh, so, uh, uh, not the Jewish Brooklyn, I'm trying to think in general. But, um, the person has to remember everything's coming from And we know everything comes from Hashem and it's for our good. So, in the good days and bad days, when it's fertile and famine, we're able to have the right perspective. Start the next thing. The next thing is family. Family. So, what, what he's going to focus on now is in another chapter he talks about the, the person shall try to get married and have kids. But, said, but whatever situation is, a, let's say a person tries to get married and is not successful, tries to have kids, not successful, has kids, these kind of kids, ten kids, four kids. Hashem, after we've done our due diligence, we have to know that Hashem gives us what's best for us. Okay? ishto marriage and children or your family and your relatives, your loved ones, which we'll do next week, and those who hate you. How you have to talk when you have enemies where you're living in your house, all of a sudden the next door neighbor sells his house and all of a sudden you have a jerk as your neighbor. That's my language. He hates your guts. Or you're in the office with somebody who doesn't like you. Right? How do you deal with them? Right? And how do you deal with people who love you? How do you deal with friends? What's a, what's, what does that mean, bitachon? How does a Jew walk on this world in those different situations? Or, some people are above you, they're higher on the social scale, they're higher on the religious scale, means they're more righteous at some level, or they're lower than you. They're not as wealthy as you, they're not as honorable as you, they're not as, as refined as you. Um... Or they're not as observant as you. Um, how does one deal with these types of differences? I'll explain them all. We won't do them all tonight, though. Now, in marriage, it's one of two things. Obviously. Either you're a nachri, you're alone, you're single. Oh, or you're a shubatoy, you're a family, you're Sometimes, by the way, that a person is married and... Well, I'm not talking about that. But they lose their spouse, lose their kids. You meet... You, there were Jews in the Holocaust 
by large families and they were wiped out completely. You know, I knew such people that were married, they had kids, um, lost. You know, sometimes there, there's this, like this tragedy that happened in Brooklyn this year. Guys, yeah, seven children in one one moment, the whole the whole life, the whole lives change. So people's situations in life change as well. So how, where, where, how, those are the, those are often the two the, the two things. You're, you're usually you are alone or you have a family. It doesn't you often switch, but it could switch. You mean nachri? If you're not nachri, now which means like this. A person's obligated to try to get married. To try to marry. and as I, as I as I always say, not just to get married, to stay married. You know, just not, you know, just marry anyone you meet. You marry someone you can be compatible with, somebody you, you can relate to, somebody who makes sense to marry. To, you know, sometimes people choose picky and they're not realistic. But but a person's obligated to get married. But let's say a person doesn't. Either they don't have it, they lost their spouse, whatever it may be. So he means what the Chos of us is going to say now is such an important thing in life. So a person always has to see the good wherever they are. Right? You have to focus on the good. You know, sometimes a person's married and their spouse becomes ill. And they're taking care of their spouse now. Right? Sometimes they have they have a child and the child is mentally disabled, emotionally disabled, physically disabled, and it's extraordinary taxing. And what the Chobos Chobos is now going to say is, since it comes from Hashem, means we've done our due diligence. <laughs> right? If you if you're never going to date, then then you're messing up, right? But if you if a person's tried or they lose their spouse, a person's obligated to see the positive. Why are they obligated to see the positive? Because if we've done our part, it's from Hashem. And Hashem is putting us, and for whatever reason, even if we cannot understand it, in this situation, that's best for us. In this situation, where for whatever reason, we can be most matzliach, according to our life's uh, purpose. Right? Think about how, in general, we're all in exile at some level. Right? Well, we're here temporarily. Um, right? Because we're all, as it says, that we're just passing through this world. And everybody who has a they'll also eventually be alone. Everyone's going to die. And the relatives are not going to stop them from dying. And ultimately, everyone's in the grave by themselves, anyways. And then think, you know, if I have to be married, it's not a burden. Do this, and I have to pay for kids. Right? my love. Actually, I was actually very, and not so funny. I was passing by Rabbi Felsen's class today, and he was talking about um, that. You know, philosophically, we're obligated to try to have a family, but not in this context. I don't know what Sefer was learning. So somebody said to him, uh, you know, one of the, like, you know, secular Jews, says like, well, I know that that, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he never had children. He never, well, so why didn't he have children? So if else is like, well, he tried to have children, 
but he didn't. So this guy is like, well, how do you know he tried? Maybe they were, you know, you know, <laughs> maybe he didn't try. He had birth control, something like that. You know, how do you know? Do you know if he tried? I think he tried. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It's actually, I was like listening to this conversation for a second. I thought, oh my goodness. Um, but what's, what's, what's true though, right, is if when you do have children, why would this guy think this is because many secular people, you know, oh, it's expensive. You know, everything with my family. If I'm walking in Borough Park or in Flatbush or Lakewood, people are saying, "Oh, it's a small, cute family you have." When I walk in San Jose, they look at us like, like literally. I'm telling you, if I go with my mishpacha, heads turn all the time. And once, and I'm not joking. At least when we're like in the airport, I see people counting <laughs> all the time. They're like this. And they're like they're looking at each other, and they're like doing, and like and once all like people say, "Oh, are you guys done yet?" You know, you, you finished. Like, wow, that's a big family. And of course, people say, oh, "That's really expensive. How do you do that?" They don't even know about private school. Like, they don't have no idea what expensive is, right? They don't. They don't. They don't even know what that means to do a Jewish wedding. You know, like, like you know, it is. It's, but you know, other people are like, how do you sleep at night? Like, when when do you have time for yourself? You know, like I go to the beauty parlor, like I have time for myself. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it's, a, it's but what is true, of course, is it's a burden. It's, it's financially taxing. So it can be emotionally taxing. Children don't always listen to parents, right? Believe it or not, right? I mean, there's a lot that doesn't always. So a person should say, listen, there's a certain amount of freedom I have. Actually, some of the greatest sages of the past generation. Um, like the Chazonish didn't have children and he was able to devote himself to the Jewish people because he didn't have children right? he was focused on the Jewish people those were his children I think Sarshnir didn't have children as well actually Sarshnir was divorced right? so she's the founder of the Beisach of it. so again I'm not saying it, had she been married she would not have but she didn't use her status in life as a negative here's the point he, with the Chosa says, think of all of the positives. You know what you think of the positives? Do you think it's just a psychological trick that he's saying to do? You know why should think positives to you? No, he's telling us, if for whatever reason this is our situation, and we've done what we're supposed to do, Hashem put you in this, it is positive. Ah, you can't see how it's positive. Ah, you can't imagine how it's positive. But since it comes from Hashem, it is positive. And therefore, look at every positive thing you can figure out. Because for whatever reason, this is a positive thing for you. Now, you would say, I should be this, I should be this. Hashem knows best for you. And therefore, for your situation, for whatever reason it is, could be for your life's work or your purpose, whatever it may be, this is your positive. Uh, now, if something's objectively better, should strive, continue to strive for that. Right? All is not lost. <laughs> one, should, one, should, one should strive. But what he's telling us the Chosos, we should always, in our stations in life, look for the positive. And therefore saying, think of how, how difficult children are. The I'll be stuck with my kids. I would, I'd be so busy. It's easier at some level. But again, the Chosos talks about a different chapter. It's forbidden to try to stay single. Forbidden. A person sh- should look to get married. It's for men. What? It's for 
and woman, low toif, not good to be single, objectively, a one should try to get married. Um, that, right? One should try to get married. Men have a mitzvah to prove pr- that, right? This is stolen. Right? That's their Which mitzvah. Which implies that they should get married. Which implies, yes, 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 yes. Uh, that's more than implies that she get married. That's the only way that's okay, uh, it's permitted. Um, so, but a person should think, oh, I'll be uh, less relaxed. I'll focus. I'm able to focus. I can perhaps do more action. I can start base alcohol movement. I can lead the Jewish people at some level, right? Moshe Rabbeinu, when he became the great tzaddik, he didn't get. He was no longer married, right? Moshe had to leave Tzipora behind. Maybe my role is to do a certain thing in life. And in fact, there were certain ascetics who would be separated from their families to focus on. On, on spirituality, and also the prophets are those who live this uh, uh, lifestyle. Um, he then gives a an example of somebody who went to an island and they're all single, and he asked them, he said, this, so we can able to focus on uh, all of the spirituality. Now, again, in Sharp Precious, he says that you should that's not the way of precious. Uh, Jews don't try to stay single Jews. In fact, the first simon and shochan arach of Evan Ezra is to get married, to build a home. So the Jews stresses that as the ideal. What he is saying here is that if it doesn't happen, or it happens and then it's lost, see the positive. Know that it's for your neshama's best. Why? Not only Hashem may know. But our goal is, our focus is, is to make the most of it, to do the best uh, with it. V'imaya botech balokim balisha. A person has a married ukraivim, has a lot of relatives. Oivim veoivim. Yivta balokim v'hatzalosam. Hashem, how am I going to marry off ten kids? How am I going to pay for the bills? Hey, you get a tuition bill every year. Hashem, save me. You know, it's not. Uh, you know, you make you have a job. How in the world am I going to pull this off? Yeah, you want to relax. Right? It's a tough day at work. You come back to the house. You know that there's homework and kids, and three kids are sick, and four kids are fighting, right? and your wife is stressed, or your husband's tired, whatever it may be. So it's that person will say, Hashem gave me this family. Baruch Baruch Hashem. Um, it should, that will, should, will, will allow me to do this it means you know if, I, if, you, if you would imagine you first came out how you're going to pay for everything then never, you'd never do it right? you would just never do it it just wouldn't happen uh, but Hashem allows who gave me this family will allow me to be successful help me in my Torah and my Avodah to do all the mitzvahs I'm going to do everything I can um, right? and I'm going to do what Hashem with um, 
Lo yasu sunahem do lazevi agia larik. But if a person wants to use uh, his family in the wrong way, he will be messing up. Who noeg? 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 But if a person says this, Hashem gave me this family in this situation to be successful and uses it accordingly and is positive, then he can't build a be- beautiful reality for generations till Mashiach comes. Um, word in the world to come. Um, if a person's looking um, for for you know the wrong things, then they'll be messed up. So with family as well. Why do we have a spouse? Why do we have family? Why does Hashem give it to us? We're supposed to utilize it in the correct way. It's there to bring us closer to Hashem. It's there that we can give over. And how are we going to do it with Hashem's help? Without Hashem's help, a person can never be matzliach with family. Right? To build a Jewish home, to, to bring a Jewish family into this world, sometimes, by the way, it's students. Sometimes it's the people we influence in this world. Right? A few weeks ago, it's Mr. Kaiser's yard site. So I was thinking to myself, the man is not married, no kids. You know, you're seeing people even today who are influenced by one individual who who he's a Holocaust survivor. Like, you know, how much people were affected by an individual? Like that, a fact that so and so knows how to learn, who taught so and so, and who taught so and so, that will ricochet throughout history because he took advantage of his situation, he wasn't tied up in life, right, to focus on other people. And for a person who has blessed, blessed, it's a bracha to have a family and kids, right, so they have to say, listen, I have to, I might do this to help my kids with my homework, to give my kids the attention they need, right, and Hashem will help me do it, to pay for them to go to yeshiva, right, if they're willing and able to learn kailah for a couple of years, a beautiful thing, right, to do, to, to, to do all that, and Hashem will help you. Uh, Hashem will help me. How will I pull it? I have no idea. I mean, of course, I have to do my after work, I have to do whatever, but that's how a person lives. A person has to know that when we do our due diligence, Hashem helps us. Sometimes it's bracha, and we use the bracha this way. Sometimes it may even be viewed as bracha, but our obligation is to make the most of it and to know Hashem gives us everything in this world and to do those things in positive ways and if we do that we're not only successful in this world we're not only happier in this world but we're truly blessed in the world to come okay we'll hold here thank you thank you